Live from a PaizoCon hotel room, this week we're joined by four of the juiciest and most rambunctious people I've ever had the pleasure of listening to weekly as we host the members of the podcast Wheeler Woe. We hear their take on the Carrion Crown AP, explore Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and learn a bit about their homebrew world, starting with the city of Malak and going far beyond that. I'm your host, Steve, in studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in the zone of truth. And we're back. Well, we're not back, dude. Oh, no, we're far away. We are far from fucking home, much like Spider-Man. I know. In theaters this <laughs> September, I think. I think. All right, cool. But yeah, we are in the, the state of Washington. The state of Washington. This is, we are, we are, it's, it's, it's the first day of PaisoCon. We've been doing crazy shit all day long, having a blast. Um, I'm recovering from a terrible illness. Yep, you were almost dead. I yep. saw it. We you are were as white as the bowl of chowder I ate last night. Yeah, that's it was terrifying. I mean, I am sitting on a bed recording that I thought would end up being my deathbed. I thought I was dying here. Uh, the rest of us hoped. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Griff, how's your PaisoCon been so Dude, far? Dude, my PaisoCon has been amazing, man. We got to play in a little second edition a little scenario with Eric Mona, and that was absolutely insane. Yeah, that was cool as hell. So I've been having a blast, but I really don't want to bullshit with you, bud, because we have some of my favorite people in the room. (laughs) We need to know what you're drinking first. I'm drinking a Dawn Patrol Pacific Ale by Aslan Brewing Company, gifted to me by some really juicy people. And I'm drinking a Modern Times beer. I think this is from a place called Orderville. It was just put in my hand not too long ago. So if that's wrong, I'm sorry, but that's what the can says. Can don't lie. I think it's from San Diego. That being said, all the way from Dusseldorf, Paris, France, please welcome four of the most glorious and exuberant heightest bastards I know from the new age, improv heavy, actual play podcast we like to call Wheel or Whoa. Whoa. That's and us. here they are. That's us. Yeah, that's up, them. <laughs> What's that's up, us, dudes. Oh my god, it's We're, so great to have you guys. I, <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> to be here with you. I fucking am over the moon, over the over the moon. Thank and you for having us. Thoughts. By the way, yeah, I'm I'm excited to have you guys in the room. Would you say that this is this is the most professional interview you've ever done? Well, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. we we know we like to keep it professional, and this yeah. is a great professional. I, I wore my dress pants. It's 100 percent the <laughs> only interview we've. I like ever that done, you guys so. hung the egg cartons from the walls so that like we just soundproof in the hotel room. Oh yeah, room. Super, super soundproof. Oh, I, yeah, we got here you four like days the, early. The professional recording setup where yeah. we're sitting on hotel beds. <laughs> The uh, shotgun mic I have in my face right now is perfect. Yeah, it's dude. like perfectly <laughs> quilted. <laughs> and are they going to charge you for like drilling like mic stands into the ceiling? Yeah, my credit card is on for <laughs> incidental, so <laughs> we are fucked. No, that's that. What are the last four digits, dude? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so why don't we go around the circle and you guys just introduce yourselves? I want to hear who you are, even though I know maybe our listeners don't. 
Oh, God, you're starting with me. I'm the worst at talking. So, uh. You're killing it so far. <laughs> hey, I'm Mona. No, I'm not Mona. I'm Laura. Great start. <laughs> I play Mona on Wheeler Woe, and I live here in Dusseldorf. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Laura. Holy shit. Is this you your don't... first Paizo No, I've been here last year. Oh, I that's was cool as hell. here last year. Nice. Dramatically. Nice. And, uh, and and what are you drinking today with us? I am drinking a Seattle Cider Dry, Damn. hard cider. It's pretty dry. Oh, okay. Much like uh, all of us. <laughs> Super dry. All right. Who's next? Excuse me. I am wetter than shit, dude. <laughs> well, nice. if you, if, if you want to get damp over there, who are you? Goodness gracious. Starting off just solid. Hey, so I'm James, by the way. Uh, and uh, I play Anaset Ravid on the wonderful podcast called Wheeler Woe, and uh, I'm drinking a basil mint hard cider from Seattle Cider. Oh, pleased to have you, man. That sounds delicious. It's pretty delicious. I really appreciate all these all these craft beers you got for us. It's, I wanted to bring you the best of the best. I mean, this this is- this Forget is the rest, man. Pacific Northwest hospitality at its finest. If you He's so crafty. He if you don't shows. mind, I, I kind of want to like give you guys something. What? If, if that's oh, okay. Goodness. Oh, yeah, we do. He's got a yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We, we, we brought oh, no. a little present for the Zona Truth and HLP guys. Wait, zip that back up. Hold on. Oh, oh, pants oh. off. Saw <laughs> <laughs> it here first. I was like, there's no zipper on this Pink bag. smooth <laughs> describes more than just the band Dude. in the line. <laughs> Uh, so for Steve, uh, we didn't want you to feel like too far from home. Okay. So I went ahead and brought you an amazing six pack of some like big sky sip. And I want to hear if you don't mind, maybe you can crack one of those. Oh my God. And give me a sky blue sip. Tall boys of hams. Uh, Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to rip one of these open right now. Juice. You know what? Juice. In studio for the first time, this is the first Team Slurp episode team of slurp. the Zone of Truth. Hashtag yeah. Team Slurp. Really team slurp. I'm, I've never, never Team Slurped on, on, on uh, seriously on Zone of Truth. All, oh, all the rest of you you've been yeah. listening we to, you don't know slurp. what the fuck you're missing out on. That's team. right. Here we go. So hard. Are you slurping? All right. There it is. I feel so honored. So now I have four beers in front of me, <laughs> plus five more tall boys in the can. And for my friend Griff here. I got you, um, you know, just a little. You're you're my you're my bourbon buddy, Ooh, as I goodness. as I like to call you in my, oh oh in your wow. dreams in your dreams that in my dreams a, that is call, a, when do you call Griff so, your bourbon buddy? He, he, he what hears is me. that? Is that a he little M and M buddy? <laughs> the best kind of M and M. I got a little makers here, but there's more. There's more. Uh-oh. Uh oh. What is that? Oh, that's a Jackie D. Little, little sippy Ooh. sip of some Jack Dagnalls and. Winchester straight oh, bourbon Winchester. whiskey, baby. Some Winnie. Yeah. What's this last guy? Three Howls hop flavored whiskey. I don't know how good that's going to be, but that looks interesting. That's out. the interesting. I'm going to crack into <laughs> oh, that bad boy. Right, that's that interesting. St. Seattle's original. Hoof. <laughs> 44%. That'll that'll do the trick. So the anyway, trick. we just wanted to say thank you for having us, guys. And this well, is from all of us. Thank you guys for coming on. The pleasure's all ours. And I, I, I know one man that every time I turn on that my, my, my podcast addict app on Friday and refresh it. I know he can deliver the pleasure. Woody. Calabasas. <laughs> and if you haven't heard that, you can check out our show anytime and I will deliver that every episode, all episodes, just for you, my friends. 
But hey, like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, um, it's great to be here with you guys. Um, It's wonderful to be here at a at a con that celebrates just a wonderful game that brings people together that that brought us together. True. You know, that's that's the yeah, biggest man. thing. And, and that's that's just so great. And thank you so much for having us here. We we appreciate it thoroughly from the bottom of our hearts. Like it's it's been it has been awesome to meet you, to be with you, to be here on Zone of Truth, your show, to let us be a part of that. We love it. Um I am Woody. I play Sabooks the Dream. Number one in your hearts, number one in your programs, <laughs> best of the rest at the fucking table, Chimuko. Uh, he is a demon-blooded sorcerer with a blacksmith background. Living it up, dude. Just living it up. Living the dream. That, that the blacksmith dream. thing coming to fruition. Pretty A lot. Pretty right? heavily past come, episode the, 10. The, the blacksmith is just <laughs> It bleeds through. It's a, it's a slow burn, but it's coming. <laughs> I just love all the weapons he makes. I keep asking him to make me weapons, and he just hands me sticks. It's, and I'm like, I don't think you're a blacksmith. <laughs> I was really surprised how much of the Wheeler Woe podcast is, is Woody crafting items. <laughs> <laughs> Substantial. I craft more items than you do. Well, Mine are all hammocks. I, I would just like everybody to know. I got to wait for the other two chuckleheads to make their fucking characters, and they got to figure out what the fuck I'm gonna play, and then we just go for it. And you know, blacksmithing, not blacksmithing. We'll let it happen. It, yeah. it, it's gonna come. Isn't it the It'll dream come. to just blacksmith or not blacksmith it is. and let it happen? That's the question too. It's, Sometimes it's, you let it happen. Sometimes you just blacksmith. Sometimes you just blacksmith. We're making shirts. <laughs> I, I absolutely. And I, I kind of consider this this last man who's going to introduce himself to be the the blacksmith of the Wheeler Oil podcast. <laughs> Building you guys from the Solid ground transition. up. Taking taking you guys to places I could never imagine. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself, Joey. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joe. I'm the fucking dungeon master for Wheeler Woe. Uh, maybe you guys know me, maybe not, but uh, I'm just so fucking happy to be here. Really happy that I have to pay attention to where my mic is. So <laughs> I'm being very careful. <laughs> All um, handheld today. Yeah, absolutely. But seriously, like being able to sit in the room, like, you know, when we started this podcast, we never thought in a million years that we'd be sitting in a hotel room recording another podcast with some awesome ass dudes from goddamn Ohio. Like that never came up in our minds when we were like, we're going to, we're going to start recording our dorky ass sessions and seeing if anyone will ever listen to it. And we've ended up making like amazing goddamn friends. And now we're hanging out with these two cool ass dudes that are wearing black shirts. So, you know, they're dope. (laughs) And you we're just it. kicking it, man. And it's so the best. Cool. And thank you so much. We're super excited to be on Zone of Truth. And here's a little juiciness for you guys. Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. Dude. Also, oh, and what are you drinking? Ooh. Oh, yep. Renoir, dude. Renoir. Rainier, the, you know, the dew of the gods. The vitamin the, of the Pacific right, Northwest. The ball sweat of angels. If, Rainier. In other words, if Miller was champagne, Pence. Renoir is the champagne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, champagne. Holy shit. He's Take building that, that up. He waited on a will. flight for fucking three hours to give that to us. <laughs> also, if you don't know Joe, by his regular by his actual name he also goes by the blind rat which is uh you can catch him at the blind rat on twitter and all of that good stuff he's a dude who deserves a lot of credit for everything that we do so he i just want to make sure to say that more than for the sure. rest of us too 
Yeah, he tweets way more than us. Yeah, he, he <laughs> no, takes on our social media I, and he I takes it to a new level. Tweet way more than a lot of people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I have an issue. It's called unemployment. <laughs> the best I, way to GM. You heard absolutely, it first. Absolutely, man. You did absolutely. not scream "suck my dick" while we started Zone of Truth, but hey, it's the first time for everything, team. And, and I'm sorry, Joe. I think you mean fun employment. Uh, absolutely. If you're hanging out and recording with your buds, <laughs> there are worse ways to live a life, man. Trust me. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, well, you guys are all from Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're visiting you. We're we're fish out of water here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 we want to learn like what what what's the deal with Wheeler Woe? Like, what yeah, is yeah. this podcast? How did it start? What's it about? What makes it different from every other podcast out there? I've certainly never listened, so please don't. <laughs> right? No, exactly. Explain to the listeners. I knew it. Our our listens in Ohio was like. Decrease oh, did it lately. decrease? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Their grip was like, hey, listen to this and like fucking run me up. Hey, they're way. not. <laughs> they managed Calumbus. to suck downloads out. They they figured out a way in the system to be like, nope, we're taking that back. I re-uploaded the episode. <laughs> how did you guys like, how did you guys introduce your bumper into ours too? Like you somehow hacked into our channel? And- oh yeah, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easy once you know the steps. Yeah. Well, I think if... Uh, you know, if you've never listened to Will or Woe before, if you if you listen to HLP and and they're they're amazing people and they're a good group of people that that listen together. If you want to listen to us, I think this is what you should expect. We create a world together, cohesively as a unit of four. Joe created a world of Malak, the city of sales, and every time we open our mouths, word by word, the world is built. It is not scripted. Everything Joe throws at us our way, we throw back at him, and he comes back at us. And so we live and breathe the world that we play in. For us, sometimes, it doesn't matter the system that we play in, even though we love Pathfinder. We believe that the world we are in is our world. It's what we create. It's what we love. It's what we breathe. Sometimes we drink a little too much. (laughs) That's okay. Guilty as charged. (laughs) But we also believe that it's everything in us. It's our blood. It's our life. It's our heart. It's our soul. It is our creativity. So if you want to listen to Wheel of Woe, sit around the table with us because that's what we want you to feel like. Sit around the table as the fifth friend sitting with four friends as we record, live, and breathe, and die. Maybe <laughs> you'll just have to listen to find out. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I want to correct you on one thing though. They're sitting as the seventh friend because us two are always sitting over Oh, there. thank you. Thank you, guys. We appreciate <laughs> that. We really, really appreciate that. That was really sweet. <laughs> you no. guys should also have somebody by you to kiss while you're listening to us. That's just a good piece it's of advice. It's very romantic. It's very, very romantic, show. man. Yeah. There's a lot of romance. Everybody Secret feels very <laughs> This is why we can't find interns. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but listening to Wheeler Woe, and I'm not like... I'm not like kissing up to you guys or anything, but what I really, really love about your guys' show is that you guys have a gorgeous way of yes anding each other. Where, um, where Joey will throw something out and uh, and just say like roll a roll a D100, roll a percentile, or one of you guys will be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw on this T-shirt, I'm gonna roll a percentile to see if it sucks or not, like. <laughs> It's so much fun to listen to a lot of the dice telling the story, and and Joey, you've given up like kind of kind of a lot of uh, some of those maybe like not enormous but fun like ways a session can change. Yes, ending moments to your players that um, 
I mean, I just don't hear her all the time. I, I really have had a blast listening. Right, man. Like I, I, my theory as a DM man is to yes. And like, let that go. I, I, I've taken a lot from dungeon world and apocalypse world and all the AW games. Like it's just great to have. And plus these fucking idiots that I play with are fucking amazing people. And I love having them do weird fucking shit that like, (laughs) then I have to think about for another week and be like, what the hell did you guys just do? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like now I have to fix this and like make this work. Okay, cool. Like, and it's, it's just so much fun and I'm, I'm fucking blessed every day and it's been like such an awesome experience and I just love it. And yeah, man. And now we're fucking here recording this shit with you fucking dudes. And I, I could not be happier. I'm I think, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's really true. And, and I don't know. I mean, Lauren James chime in on this, but it, like when I say we build the world word by word, we really don't know what Joey's going to throw at us. Uh-huh. And on the back end of that, as a GM and a Griff, I'm sure you can attest this. He doesn't know what we're going to throw at him <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. I'd be pitted out almost every day if I yeah. GM this group. Dude, like- He's, so Joey's the first DM that I've ever had because I, I started playing with these guys. And so it's amazing when I talk to other people who play and they're like, when I tell a story about the way that Joey runs a game, which he gives us the freedom to react to things and change the story because of it. And when, when I talk to other people about it and they're jealous because I, like, I, I feel so blessed to be a part, like to have that be my first experience and, you know, something to live up to when any of us play uh, run games, then we can take that into games and, and just kind of, I don't know, the way that he runs a game is just very, collective it's very every single game that we've played has felt like a story that we're telling together and not a story that's forced onto us i mean i mean that's cool that's cool as hell like the to to be around a table like that is i kind of feel like every player's dream uh (laughs) i didn't know we'd be waxing philosophical on the game (laughs) sesh with like 15 uh, minutes these four drunkards (laughs) all these six drunkards we love each other a little credit (laughs) absolutely you're there with us team So, Joey, we're talking about how your world grows every day, every session you guys play. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you like to kind of give our listeners a little bit of an overview of the world you guys are living in? Like, what what is the city of Malak? What what exists beyond the borders of the city? Um, What where do you guys live? What what is it? Fucking. Absolutely, man. Like, um, so where this all came like this whole weird ass experiment came to pass when I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos. And I've talked about this before, but basically the world that the city of Malak is based on the city of Carthage from ancient times, but imagining a world where Carthage won and fuck Rome and Rome lost. <laughs> and so like shit's more free and like kind of cooler, not, that's never mind. I won't get into that. But <laughs> so still get a couple more drinks. Right. But yeah. So basically we're living in this ancient city, but ancient cities had a lot more present day technology than we give them credit for. They had indoor plumbing back then in 
ancient Carthage, like 2000 years ago, they had ancient plumbing. They had super in-depth sailing. They had navigation. They had all this stuff. Saunas. Saunas. They had sauna. Well, saunas exist in every civilized culture in the whole wide world. Because <laughs> if you people like getting hot, people like getting hot and sweaty. Man. Love getting That's hot and sweaty, facts, man. Sweaty. You sweat out the fucking demons so you can put more in. Not for sabooks. Yep. <laughs> but sweat anyway, out the demons so you can put more in is the best thing I've ever heard. And so, yeah, man, like I, I, I just things come together as you go. And like, so we're living in this world that's basically based on like northern Africa with like a bunch of that flavor in because I, I didn't see that in a lot of other games, even though like it exists out there and stuff, but I wasn't seeing it. So I wanted to introduce that flavor into things. And so that's that's what I'm trying to do is do this weird nerdy shit with these weird people now you say carthage and i get that from the from the world you guys are kind of building but i also get a lot of elements of some other other forms of media maybe other forms of like (laughs) other forms of nerd culture sometimes there's jet planes i don't know (laughs) um so the carthage thing Got it. Yeah, Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other sources are are just like your favorite kind of things that you're that you're drawing on for this world? There's so many twists and turns in Malak as you listen to your podcast that I mean you gotta be you gotta be drawn from somewhere. I know I know I, I give you a lot of credit. I'm sure a lot of it comes off the top of the dome, but I believe you got a couple you got a couple big inspirations, maybe overarching inspirations that are kind of leading you down the path. Absolutely, man. Like I uh th- the thunder of the barbarian cartoon for example back in the 80s like future magic in a world that has been post-apocalyptic like magic dealing with the ancient past and s- science feeling like magic like i love that um i love just <laughs> a lot of our stuff comes like it's so hard to say like that this shit comes from me because so much of it comes from these guys like my world was set and then like i had my world set right and then i introduced these three i introduced laura james and woody into the world and now my world is fucking shim shammed all over the place and like it's not really up to me like i i know the shit i like i like future science being like magic and I like um, Steven Erickson. If you, if, if anyone has never read Steven Erickson, the Garden of the Moon books, that it's the greatest example of fantasy world building you'll ever read in your whole life. It's fucking amazing. So, like, I just include all this shit and then let these three just run ramshot and do whatever they want to do and see where it goes. Like, that's really what it's up to is what these these three do. <laughs> So maybe I directed the question the wrong direction. Yeah, <laughs> ask, ask these guys. Dude. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good question. I'd like to bounce to the rest of the crew. I mean, when you're, I know you guys are kind of making your decisions with your character in mind, and you guys have a one of the most beautiful character concepts. Like you guys have such fully fleshed out characters through this campaign, and you, we know their traits. We know how. I think at this point, most of them would react in certain situations. They have love interests. They have styles. They even have styles of clothing. <laughs> it's it goes that deep. So when you're making these decisions to kind of help build Joey's 
your collective world, are you drawing from other sources of media or are you more drawing from that central concept that is the character that you're playing right now? Um, I, so I always make a character based on like usually books I've read or fantasy like I've consumed or sci-fi in this case. I think I originally based Mona off of Shepard Book from the Firefly series. Um, oh, cool as hell. Yeah, but she's nothing like him. Yeah. So, I, so every time I base a character off of someone, the last, I'm a big Firefly fan. So, like, the last character that I played for a long time was based off of uh, Kylie, Kaylee, Kaylee from Firefly, also, um, the mechanic. Anyways, um, so I, so she was based off of, that sort of concept of like someone who was wrestling with uh, the way her faith was interacting in the world that she saw and that she felt like there were injustices, the way that uh, her faith was uh, dealing with uh, people. And she felt like it was not the way the way her faith leadership was dealing with people was different than the way that her faith was meant to be lived and so that's kind of where i based her off of and then mona she's also i based her goddess off of the goddess of motherhood because i tend to play moms in game whether i like it or not so i was like well if i play a paladin who worships the god of motherhood like okay like that'll help right so Sorry, I, I really no, want to yeah. in- interject on this because you said you created. Did you create the goddess that Lystra? Mo- yeah, that's awesome. Joey and I did. Tell, tell them, Laura and I are both theater kids, so I think it's important to tell the people where the the god came. Oh, Lystra. Came from. Uh, so, um, it's based off of. Uh, there's a Shakespeare show called um, Lysistrata, which is based. It's it's essentially a war is going on and the women all band together and deny sex to the men in order to stop the war because they're fucking tired of it. And it's a Shakespeare show. Anyways, it's called Lestrada. Uh, Lestrada. Like kind of party. Yeah. So I named Lystra after Lysistrata. Okay. And, um, so that's, that's who she is. But anyways, so yeah, so that's who Mona started as, but, I think like anything when you're playing in the moment, she is also me. She's parts of me. I'm not a mother. I'm a dog mom, but that's it. Um, <laughs> dog but parents like, unite. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, she's parts of me. And so that it informs all of that. Like all of the reactions that she comes, that she has are reactions that I have in the moment to what's going on. And, and I say, well, like how would, how would she react given all these things in her life? And she was the one that came up with the goddess in the first place. Like I, I abs- like I, I am happy to let the players come up with their own god. Did somebody come up with Jobu? Um, <laughs> he was a character. Well, he, he was he, a dead god that Joey came up with, and when it was described in game in in the in the verse that we talk about, yeah. Um, I love the movie Major League. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. And and, and mm-hmm. I fully I fully just felt like 
that's who Jobu was. Mm-hmm. And, and so I let, sure. I let that, I let that, I let that live and breathe. I let, I let the influences of, um, modern day media, past media, let it influence my characters. But what I mean, he, I, what he I, also I, used to, I have. will let, I will let, I'll let James talk about, uh, what he used to but, have about his character oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let, let him know where Annie came from, dude. Let him know. So Annie came from a place, uh, that was, trying to be a teenager rebelling against uh, i get that from anison <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i picked that up immediately so i like my first four or five characters that i created were just all lawful good characters and i was so bored with it and the only chaotic neutral character i built died in two sessions we talk Dr- about that later drowned in shut a bro- your mouth drowned in a bro- that. Uh, no not now Anyway, uh, so I was trying to create the perfect cha- uh, chaotic neutral character, and I was like, I'm going to play a goblin alchemist, and he's going to be Rocket Raccoon. He's basically going to be like creating bombs and throwing them to his friends, going like, here, hold this. And then when they like almost drop it, I'm like, well, don't drop it. Don't be an idiot. Like, <laughs> And... Uh, my lawful goodness has crept into Anaset just slightly. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, there's no way... Anaset to me is chaotic neutral, nope. but I definitely see chaotic good. Yes, one hundred percent. He's a good character yes. in my mind. He's yeah. a, he he stands up for things that are right all day, all day. You're, all right. day. You're right. I think, I think what I what I see in Anaset is the beginning is you know I'm a, a rebellious teen. I'm gonna you know be an alchemist and. I'm trying not to spoil plot things, but <laughs> mom, I don't want to be a shark hunter. Right. But, uh, but then he kind of realizes that he lives in this, this world where he can have like big sweeping, you know, his actions have consequences and he needs to be an adult about it. Yeah. And That's, he's suffered from those con like yeah. he's suffered consequences from dumb shit. He did. Don't, don't let, don't let that lawful good creeping in. It hurts you, man. It doesn't you're hurt. You're doing great. It doesn't hurt, but sometimes everybody I... hurts. Sometimes it's a very mature character, and I really <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I Thank got you. your RM. So that's where Anaset came from, and I I love playing him. And also, he developed because you know I hang out with some of the craziest people who do shit with their characters. Where I'm like, well, Anaset can't go crazier than that. So. <laughs> And he's think, just and gonna do the right I, thing. And right he's now. like lawful by default. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all the characters we have to talk about. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no other character on the show. Mm-mm. Hang on, do you want to do Kate Pasa again? <laughs> do you want to do <laughs> one, one more? One more. Get Pasa Galavasas. Um, I think you know Sabuks derived from two concepts. Okay. Um, I start. I uh, my wife and I, Osiris Schwimbo, uh, who I love very dearly. Um, we ended up watching Coco and we come from a very Latinx background, um, growing up in Arizona. And a lot of that was very important to us, Dia de los Muertos. And I watched that and this connection with this grandparent who he didn't know very well, but then got to know through, through the day of the dead. I think that was so important. And then I hear this song a couple of days later from the eighties that I hadn't heard in a long time. Uh, called Dead Man's Party. Oh, and dude, Oingo Boingo. Dude, Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. All Boingo. fucking day. Danny Elson, man. Oh, dude, 100%. If you've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas, 
you're missing out team. I wish he kind of did Dead Man's Party in that though. Oh, right? <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody or Weird does. Science. I'll take either one. I feel like statistically 100% of the listening audience of the Hideous Laughter podcast has seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I, they've got to. You fucking got <laughs> to. And if you haven't, I'm just going to walk into the ocean, whatever side of it you're on, the Atlantic or the Pacific team. And we, um, I told, I, I called Joe and I said, I've got this idea. I, I have this idea that I, I want it to really be a sorcerer and I love sorcerers because I love the idea of the magic that, that they derive from is from their bloodline. They don't get any control over it because in humanity, we don't get any control over it. A lot of the time we get no control over over who we are or the, or the bloodlines that we come from and all of these things. And so it just manifests in him. And and Sabi just it 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 popped up that way, and then these things unfolded throughout the game, and it was what is what would Sabi do? And sometimes Woody is like fucking Heath Ledger from from The Dark Knight, and he'll set the pile of money on fire and just let it ride. Fucking Jeff, and <laughs> yeah, you really fuck really hurt Jeff. Jeff's feelings. Jeff, hey, fuck Jeff. Everyone hates yeah. Jeff. <laughs> FYI, everyone hates Jeff, and like, let's not hate Jeff, dude. My dad's <laughs> name's Jeff. He might listen. Right, Jeff he might listen. Right, love dude. Jeff. If you're Griff's dad, Jeff, we love you, bud. <laughs> What's up, but, Jeff? But I think hey, it, but it, the it, other it, Jeff. But it came from it came from a lot of that, and so um, it came from those. It came from a Pixar Disney movie <laughs> and this '80s song that it, it derived, and then it, it, we just started to let him breathe, and that's, in all honesty we really do our role playing that way and we let it live and breathe and and very and it has become, yeah. become Mona and the Disaster Boys and, and true. you'll true, figure true, true. it out from there. Can I say something real quick or am I am I stalling no. too much I, for time? We, no. we might cut it out, but yeah, okay, go ahead. cool. So <laughs> what what he just said about like Sabi came he like just started to breathe reminds me of have you guys read the novel Red Shirts? I don't think no. So. Mm. Um did you ever watch Star Trek? Oh, um, did this get like made into a show or something? Not yet that I know of. I feel like I've heard about this though. It was a, but I can't, made a novel. I can't remember the author's name, but he writes this story about all the red shirt characters that die yeah, on Star Trek. From the basically. perspective, yeah, yeah. So it's this perspective of this guy who like sees people dying around him all the time. And anyway, the 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 point of the novel, spoiler alert, is that um, there's an alternate universe where this writer is writing this show, but in another universe the fates of these people are being lived out and carried out. And I love that you just said that of like Sabi came to breath because every character that we create, I feel like we, we feel them 100% living in another universe. Like we almost believe that they're living in another universe. And that's why we take so much care with our characters. They definitely feel like, like I feel like, when things happen to Mona, I feel like they happen to me. No, and I felt like shut up. I felt like blades <laughs> to rib. Yeah. I, Dear God, got her. I have fantasies. On. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> leather pants. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with leather. Leather. Red, yellow. Oh God, I blew it. Oh, <laughs> I do. Red, you almost yellow, got it. Yellow, yellow, <laughs> yellow, yeah, but like I, I think that it's true of all of us. We are, it, and we're guilty of it at the same time that i think that it really is a a charming thing in in game is like we are our characters as much as we've built a character then uh, we are 
in there every step of the way because you know we're it's definitely they're indicative our characters how they've developed are very indicative of who we are sometimes sabooks is going to punch someone in the face and we know that you guys i mean as as, as you noticed but and then joey has to be everybody yeah joey's everybody i mean there there was an episode um within the last few weeks that like almost brought a couple people around the table that I was listening to a, a Wheeler Woe episode to tears. And I was like, damn, you guys are doing something right. That's how to play a game. It's the best moment I've ever had as a game master. Congratulations. And That's I didn't cool even know it. Like, so we, we have other shit to talk about and we'll get to that in a second. I'll just speak on this you, for a second. This is you the last thing we're going to say. As much as you want to, and dude. I'm about to transition. Whatever you got to say, say it now. Um, you almost missed it. When, we were we we were playing that scene out, man, and I was I was playing Robin and Laura was playing Mona, and I was like, "This is no big deal, dude." Like, <laughs> fucking Robin's just saying goodbye, like no big thing. That's fine. That's what normal people's do. And then Lo- fucking Woody jumps in with like, "Damn, you're about to make her cry." Like that was the coolest scene I've ever experienced. As um, it was the only time in game that I, like, and I I, I heard a voice in, hitch, but dude. it was the first time hitch. like I looked at I I looked in Laura's eyes, and as 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 a companion along this journey with her in the story, it was pretty heavy, and it it it, it made me feel a lot. It made me personally as a person just as Woody feel. All the th- all the things all at once, and I had to say it so that we could continue on <laughs> with the episode. So that's pretty big. Of I going. Woody's on the verge of tears yeah, right now. Go for it. Oh my god! All right. So so, so we need to pull out your we, uh, your Z Nation acting days on it. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> <Locked> <laughs> <like> <laughs> your private did he? you meet up with your company? So wheel or woe? It's improv heavy. It's new age. We get it, but. We need we to got li- it. Not not only do we live in a world, <laughs> but that world has to have rules. And the worlds that we play in and on the Hideous Laughter podcast, we play by the Pathfinder original 1E rule set. You guys are playing 2E and 2E is not out yet. What the hell is going on, guys? Someone tell me what. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're All right. So, I'm going I I'm going to preface this. A lot of the people that listen to us don't play Pathfinder. So can someone tell me what 2E is, where it is right now, and what the hell is going on? So 2E is the second edition of the podcast that you guys are playing on Hideous Laughter. Mm-hmm. Of the podcast of the game, sorry. Um, <laughs> cool set. Yeah. Uh, and it was... Uh, Goddamn. It, it was crafted. It was crafted through the the first edition rules that you're playing through through Carrying Crown, and the the biggest thing about it to know um, that they shifted, you know, especially from Pathfinder is it, it's a big deal from first edition to second edition, and, and I think we should know that. It, 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 would everybody agree, Joe? Yeah. Would you agree? No, that's a like I think that I, I think Griff, Steve, would you guys agree? It, like, oh, hundred percent. The, the Pathfinder rule set has been out for 
10 plus ten years? 10 plus yeah. years. 10, years. ten plus years. years. And, and so essentially what they're saying is we're refreshing the rules. Yep. You know, there's there's things that we need to tighten up. We want to make this more accessible to new people because mm-hmm. 10 years of content for a new person is a lot to catch up on. Yeah, 10 years of bloat kind of, I mean, not that it's all bloat. Don't get me wrong. I love first edition, but you start to get some things that clearly come to the top as like, hey, this is a really powerful option. I'm going to take this. It's rules as written. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And and that that's just bound to happen over 10 yeah, years of content. Absolutely. And second edition really just resets. It's a reset button and hits the rules on repeat. Let's go. What's going on, though? How, how do you like it? Uh, so I will say this. as a, um, I'm not a big magic user in the world. I was like, fuck, sorcerers, wizards. I'm not doing that shit. But here I am <laughs> on a podcast playing fucking magic user, Lottie Dob team. But what I love about it is the spell DC, you know, the save DC. Oh, yeah. It's the same for every fucking spell. Oh, yeah. We were playing Dude, 2E today. Huge. It makes yeah. it so much simpler. And it is huge. Thank you. Like, I'm just saying right there, boom, that is the best. Like, as I level up as a sorcerer, and Asabi levels up as a sorcerer. That just makes it that much better. Everything that we do gets better. Not just saying, oh, this spell gets better. That spell gets better. Everything you gets better. You don't get spells that die with your level up. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, I want a charm person. Now that I'm ninth level, I'm real fucking charming, gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Welcome to the party, team. Like, <laughs> let's do it. And 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 I I... I love being able to cast spells that are intricate, that are an acid trip, as most people would put in a podcast. And so I, I think that I think that's one benefit to the 2E podcast. I will also I will I will preface it with this one thing. We are a group. The system does not define what we play. We define what we play. But in terms of 1E versus 2E, I think that's a huge benefit in terms of the spell DC. I don't know. Anybody else? Go for I it. I don't know what you mean by that, so I'm going to sense your motive. Yeah. So. Um. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. No perception checks. Oh, fucker. shit. So, like, the action economy in 3E, I th- or sorry, in 2E, I think, yeah. Joey's, no, Joe. He's playing 40 Jay, chess, right. man. Jay, Jason talked about he's thinking about 3E I'm in, J- I'm in Jason's Pools. head. No, sorry. But the action economy of 2E, I think, is, I think they nailed it. Like, I love the idea of every class having three actions. It's gorgeous. It feels nice. Absolutely. Some classes give you more actions. Some classes give you less actions. Like you have a set amount of actions and you go. And I really like that. Um, I really like that dynamic in the game where everyone gets this set amount of actions and it works really well. I like um, I love the action economy because sometimes you're playing a character like a uh, a fighter like a paladin and i don't have like a set of things to go off of i'm just standing there in the in the face of the person i'm not moving a lot right. and then i get to use all of my 6 seconds to do shit as opposed to being like well i didn't move so i don't so i don't like do anything like i i f- 
hit once or not hit once. And <laughs> then I just sit there. But because of the action economy, you can, you can really decide what you're doing with your time as opposed to having these like really structured moments. Right. And I think you are likely the most equipped to talk about some of the, some of the purists might say more radical changes in second edition because you are a chaotic good paladin i believe mm -hmm. in second edition mm -hmm. they're calling them champions now yep yep, yep. and yeah. love it yep. is love it so lit and it i think i think i know you guys you guys That's went through the rules as they happen and so you started lawful good and you became I tried chaotic to be good. lawful good let's Correct but that. Mona is <laughs> Mona is in essence a chaotic good character, yeah. and it fits her so much better. What do you think about just the change to 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 the champion and just kind of freeing up the paladin? Is that has it been like to be so? To be completely honest, I was shocked when I learned that you had to be lawful good to be a paladin. I played a paladin Shocking. before that was absolutely not lawful good. Well, you guys homebrew a lot. That's yeah, my right? hey like, That's so, my but Frank, uh, I played That's a paladin in Carrion Crown, which we'll can talk we about will later. We will talk about that. But like, I didn't ever, I didn't think my character was lawful good in Carrion Crown. I didn't even think, I was like, oh, I picked an alignment. And it was never lawful good. I can't be a lawful good character because I believe that good transcends law. And that's just who I am. And that kind of makes you <laughs> yeah, right. good. That's like, <laughs> I am not lawful. Or I can't neutral. be lawful, right? Like, I could be neutral. I did or see I you jaywalking earlier. That was fucking wild. Fucking well, you know, I'm not going to fucking wait for this shit. That's, that's chaotic, <laughs> dude. That's you heard chaotic. it here first. Laura is not going to wait. That's why I was late for this way, shit. I I watched her jaywalk and I waited. James, you are this wait. shit. You are the shit that she is not going to wait for. <laughs> yeah, but like, so then when they changed it, I was like, well, thank God, because I've been trying desperately to play a character who didn't lie, was subservient. That's the way I see it. I'm a raging liberal feminist. So being subservient to any authority is just really challenging for me <laughs> because I'm a proud feminist killjoy and I will kill your shit. Your joy. You heard it here first. She hates fun. I, no fun I allowed, Laura. fun and I hate your fucking laws. <laughs> what, and about, what about, what about Annie? Let's let's let him let's love the alchemist got the biggest the upgrade. Oh yeah, fucking they became a fucking core class, core class, yeah. Yeah. and, and goblin. goblin, and a yeah. goblin, yeah. goblin yeah. core race. Yeah. James did both because he's brave. Yep, brave is the word I would use to describe me. He looks like a brave man. Nope. Yeah, nope, not at all. All right, I'm one what? half of the disaster boys. I know what's up. Yeah, so I can't speak on what one e was for goblin alchemists because. They plus didn't four to dex, yeah. Do like a ton of those. Oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. Edition. Did you Goblin. say plus four to dicks? Awesome. Dex, but dicks as well. Goblins actually had really huge dicks in first edition. Did they, they? They lost that bonus. Moving on. on. Shit. James is moving on. With that. Moving on. It's okay, so I didn't know much about the goblins and the alchemists from first edition. I only played for like a year uh, in first edition before we decided to switch to a new edition. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, there's this whole new thing about alchemists. I want to try that. Uh, and Joey, Joey kind of encouraged me and was like, 
this is a whole new thing. And he also tried to like not encourage me because he's like, it's it's also a new thing and it's big. And do you know the rules? Well, I know about how you suck at role playing. Two L's or an L E, my friend. And so I wanted to I wanted to give it a shot. And uh I loved how I saw alchemists as like just people throwing bombs and like, you know, goblins like fire, and that was that's a fun thing. But Alchemists can be so much more now in second edition from what I've noticed of like, they can just build buffs. They can, and they can do like quick alchemy and stuff. Again, I don't know if they could do that in one year or not, but, um, I love all of the stuff that they can create. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, love that you don't have to be goblin, goblin, goblin. Yeah. Smash, yeah. Exactly. Burn on goblin mass. Yeah. Goblin hurt the horse and dog. Goblin burned the large legs. Oh! You don't have to do that anymore. It, it, dollar for every time Griff rolled off on the goblin song. Goblin I like to do goblin or songs. Gollum. Cow, pretty close. Gollum like the precious so, guys, thing. It's can, I, can I ask? It spoke to me when I read the rules too, because the in the rule book it says like we were so sick of what goblins are you know, classified as, and there are goblins out there who are sick of it as well. And so like the core class kind of rose up into this thing of, of like, Hey, no, we can be intelligent beings. Like goblins don't just like to see things burn. They can be smart. So alchemists have like intelligence now and charisma as well. And you play that in a really good way. I think when you guys encountered kind of the goblins being marginalized in your campaign and, and almost being experimented on. Like that was a really powerful moment. I felt like for Anaset because it was like, you guys are no longer considered the vermin of the humanoid races in two E as capable a race as any. And so when you see your brethren being kind of massacred, like you saw, it was, it was more powerful than it might be for a, one e goblin character to go into that and be like, well, this is the shit I'm used to. Like, yeah. this is what happens to us. Yeah. Well, fuck Ted. Ted didn't do it right. Like he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, I'll throw it back at you guys. Let's let's Please, throw one back at the zone of truth. We're in the zone. We're in. We're in the zone of yeah, truth. You know. Anything could happen. Let's. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Ellie Goulding, Anything. we love you. Ooh, I was I was leaning into Shikari, but okay. Okay. Hey, you know, sometimes we're on, sometimes we're off. It's yeah. okay. Listening to what we do compared in 2E compared to what you guys do in an adventure path. What intrigues you about 2E? I'll be honest. I think the way you guys tell a story is so much more conducive in a 2E system than it is in first edition Pathfinder. And I don't want to disparage first edition Pathfinder because I love it. I it's love great. playing it's it. It's great. No, we all, everybody here in this room loves fucking first edition. But Let's I just think, get that wrong. I think you guys have a lot more options and a lot more flexibility with the system you're playing in. And that gives Joey a lot of, a lot of ways to kind of flex the system to your world that in an adventure path, it might not matter as much. Now we're, we're playing an adventure path. So, I like to play the 1E rules because it was kind of built for that. But in in your world, I just think second edition rules have that kind of flex in them that they're very, they're fleshed out. They're more fleshed out than something like a uh, fifth edition D&D, in my opinion. fuck them. Well, okay. I agree. (laughs) Agree that. Agree that. (laughs) Right. Right. I think think you have so much more agency as players, and I think that suits your guys' play style so much better than something like a 1E. 
So that's that's my opinion of it, and I'm really excited to pick up the core books and start playing it, mainly because I've listened to so much of your podcast, and I'm excited because I get to hear, like, this is how it went for us. This is how it's going. I get to hear Joey run some monsters. I get to hear how the monsters are working out. I get to hear how the crit rules are working out, and it's, from listening to you guys at least, sounding like it's working out really well. I'm really happy with... Uh, the way Paizo's put this system together as kind of a step forward for them. And and it almost seems like, and you referenced it, James, in, in your kind of talking about never having played an alchemist in first edition. I think it opens itself up to people that really want to play a game, really want to have that flexibility, that customizability that maybe you don't get from every other system, but you don't want to learn the 10 years of crunch that came out of Pathfinder first edition. And this seems like the perfect compromise there. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about taking steps forward. I, I, I absolutely agree that the two is great for, for, for people that are maybe a little newer to the system, people that really want to explore that RP, build their own worlds. And, and again, we're, we're talking steps forward. But I want to take a step backwards in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Steve. Great mm-hmm. transition. Me too. You hey, did it. Me too. I'll hold your hand any yeah. week, brother. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I want to talk about a different take on the Carrion Crown Adventure Path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what, yeah. M- what the folks at home might not know is that I'm sitting in a room with four people who have already played through Carrion Crown. We have. Hey. Books one and two. Books, yeah. books, books one, one and two. two. Books yeah. As far as we've gotten. <laughs> so... So we kind of want to limit this discussion to just the first book. Absolutely, of the AP. absolutely, absolutely. With no spoilers just, just, for the team. Just to be careful for you guys, for yep. everybody listening. Hundred spoil Steve. Hundred percent. Do you know what's going to happen, Griffin? <laughs> I have no idea. We're making this shit up. No, it's uh, like it's like Joey, but with an adventure path. I just I let the, <laughs> let the players dictate what's happening. <laughs> they throw shit out, right, Joe? Absolutely, man. Every time. But so, but so you guys have played through off pod. A, a, an iteration of Carrying Crown. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? How did your story go? What made it special? But I want I want to start with who was GMing? I was Joe. All right, Joey, Joey. start us off. I'm Tell always, us about this I, game. I, I'm always the GM. Not always. Mostly. Um, you, we play shit that di- matters. You have you have a very <laughs> dignified air about love, you. Yes, I I love this. I love this adventure path. I thought it was great. I like the whole idea of it from beginning to end. I've read most of the books of it. I ran through the first two books of it. Um, and it was such a fantastic, like, goth fucking podcast, man. <laughs> like, if you want to run a goth adventure, if you're looking to run a goth adventure, it's Carrion Crown. Yeah, we were trying like, to... Like, there's no 5e adventure. Sorry, 5 years. Curse but there's of no... Strahd. Curse of Strahd is Strahd. soft, dude. <laughs> like, Put that honestly, on a t-shirt. Right. Soft. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. Fucking soft tacos. You get gold crown. If you want to get hard, guy dude, and run a hardcore fucking goth adventure, it's fucking carrying crown a thousand percent and it's fucking brilliant man it's brilliant the way it's built and it just goes from there and so i was like dude i love fucking goth so let's run this sweet ass adventure man i feel you a thousand percent yeah right like (laughs) griff you're fucking dope like i'm looking at you and like yeah griff is dope 
Um, he looks dope, I, too. <laughs> you no, know, I know. He looks like a fucking dope-ass person. And so I'm Thank just, you. I'm just, if Joey asks you to watch the crow right it, now, don't do it. No, Joe, Joe runs a, Joe runs a, Joe runs a, a very true to life game, even in adventure pass, like the way that we talk about our game, we go through it. And so we went through our first three characters and, and, and so I ran a paladin of Iomide, Theodore S. Preston Esquire. James ran. He died early. He was a lawyer. Oh, uh, James. Maybe. James was Lady Catslove. Died Laura. early. I played Rosie, the halfling, who was the uh, significant other of uh, Bill. Uh, what's his name? Samwise Gamgee. Oh, Samwise. Also, I have, to, I have to digress right here. She went on her own fucking adventure, bitches. I have to digress because in Skulls and Shackles. My character fell in love with a Rosie the Halfling. No! Nice. Captain Ooh, of the ship. The crossover events of the century. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Rosie comes back to life for this. Where, Where are they now? now? <laughs> 100% on board with this crossover uh, adventure. Lady Cats loves cast resurrection. So we ended up running through this adventure path, the first part of it, through Karen Crown Book 1. Unfortunately... We fucking chuckleheads, and I will refer to as Lady Catslav. Well, you. it was Chucklehead and his and 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 Rosie. <laughs> they went to they went to venturing off for a piece of um just a, a little bit quest, not a side quest to carrying and end up involving a cave full of orcs and yeah. a shit ton of gold. Though. And we died. Shit ton of gold. Yeah. Though. People but died. Not Where before. the gold at though? <laughs> but before uh, it was. Uh, after we all, as a party, got real drunk with fucking Kendra, and well, Kendra does life like a nice uh, cold coffee brew. In her I house, Kendra she made us breakfast party. and coffee. I think somebody got nude. Maybe uh, Theodore did. But what what happened was Theodore Generally, got nude. Yeah, no one is then, surprised that Woody's character just like showed up buck ass naked. Hey, <laughs> party, my friend. It's Steve? a consistent thread through. The- I so, encourage it in my games. I have <laughs> issues. I'm so, not denying it. I have issues. Ended up happening. Rosie and Lady Catslove goes go out to this uh, to fight some cave. Wolves. So fight some wolves. They're not finds out wolves. that they're not fucking wolves, and it ends up being orcs that are kidnapping people. Theodore S. Preston Esquire goes out to fight them. So as this adventure path with these three characters comes to an end. We end up dying. Katie, Lady Catslove dies in a fucking brook of two inches of water. And um, Rosie and Theodore S. Preston Esquire die fighting. And then we have to come up with characters on the spot. Ooh. And what ends up happening is probably the best set of characters that we've probably probably the best set of characters we've ever come up with. I end up developing this oracle of life who lives in a fucking shack behind the fucking church of Phrasma in fucking Ravengrow. Matube likes that. Play. High all the fucking time. High all the time. Huja. H-A-J-A-A. Huja. Fucking. That's how K-Pasa came to life with K-Pasa Padre. So that's how all that got developed with Elfie. Who was then I named my character after uh, Alphaba? 
from Wicked. Uh, theater nerd. Uh, and uh, Elfie, it was an orcish cleric. Half orc. Half orc cleric. So, like. Whatever. This is what we did with the. Uh, the deaths, you know, the first book, and you, you've, you've ran the first book, Griffin. You've it's ran the bad. first book, and you, you've heard us talk about the first book. So, like, how do you feel as someone who's ran the first book of Carrying Crown? Because it's a, it's challenging. So it's challenging. So I'll give you this. So we end up dying, and we'll skip to this, James. These are the Clarify if I'm wrong. Rogar. Oh yeah, I created a character called Rogar the Righteous. So Rogar these three. The so we Rogar end up. Wing. So we're gonna fucking. Yeah, Rogar the Right Wing. Hundred percent. Sort of racist. And so. How did I know? So we 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 go through all of this to get to the bottom level of Harrowstone. Yeah. Where all of you have entered. I, I'm not convinced you guys played Carrying Crown. I think we just walked around and used to laugh. We did at <laughs> first. Like six sessions, maybe that mm. happened. <laughs> okay. So then here's where I'll get real. All right. We got dropped. Haja ends up casting. A, James Rogar goes, oh, the wand. The wand of cure light wounds will, will hurt this thing. Oh, they're talking about. We're talking about the final fight. The final fight with with the with Splatterman. Splatterman. So yeah, you guys had a whole bunch of shit with the Lopper, mm-hmm. which um, we James had a fight. Was trashed for James was hammered, wasted. To a Seahawks game before and showed up. Yeah, we fought the he Lopper tried to move Woody's character out of the way because he was worried about him. This is the zone Drunk. of truth, right? So let's all be correct. <laughs> you definitely failed your Wilson. So James says. Woody, I'm going to move your character. That's what's going to happen right now. And I said, James, you do whatever you want as you need to as your character, but there will be consequences afterwards, my friend. (laughs) Didn't end up happening because he failed that save and all of that. We end up beating the Lopper. We go through all of this shit, as you guys have done, Steve, to get to the Splatterman. We fight. We fight. Everybody... (laughs) Everybody has fucking dropped He's still here in this fight Steve. with Splatterman. And here's what happens. Haja, my Oracle of Life Sorcerer, drops him to one hit point. And guess what? Everybody else is down. And we get fucking T. P. I went down K. first as the cleric. Three. I wanna, Got him down to one. I want to tell you how... Um, yeah, you guys are my buddies. I'll tell you how that fight would have gone very differently. So there's a couple rounds, if you listen to our Splatterman fight, where mm-hmm. the Splatterman is doing something mm-hmm. and Eclipse gets this burst of lopper energy yeah. and goes and attacks him. Now, what she was disrupting was his summon of a bunch of dire rats to coup de gras the rest of the party. Because at the point that Eclipse was up, the rest of the party is down, bleeding out. And so he's trying desperately to get this this summon off. 
and keeps getting interrupted. He's trying to, he tries twice to get the summon off. I applaud you. I applaud you, Joey, for, for getting them on this. Because I wasn't recording yeah. that too. Right? Like I wasn't recording. I can murder them all and no one will ever know in real life too. Right? No exactly. Hear. No, no one can hear them scream. I'm not recording, <laughs> so it's a totally different situation, Griff. Well, no, it, like I get you. It's 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 one of those. Well, there where... was a sixth member of the HLP that uh, we edited out. Post shut shut the front door. So because because at, at this point, just help me clarify. She was is, ever, is everybody fucking <laughs> so seventh member. Six in in Harrison against the Splatterman, is everybody down or is she still alive? So Eclipse was the only one conscious right not on the ground not bleeding out and the splatter man is trying desperately to get a summon off because he knows he can get several dire rats with a summon put them right next to the rest of the party and kill them and then deal with eclipse with his maximized magic missiles and just right blow her away while he flies away what he wasn't expecting was the influence of the lopper because they had this i mean the two characters had this conversation in the fight. Like the lopper is speaking through Eclipse, talking to the splatter man and like, fuck you, Hane. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. Uh, and turn against him, basically turn against the guy that attempted to help him escape from prison. And so you have this like clash of the two gnarliest prisoners in Harrowstone happening but it's like big bad versus big bad. Yeah. And the consequence of that is what you see in how Eclipse now has to deal with the corruption rules. Totally, man. And that that's great. Like that you incorporated like fucking awesome obscure rules, like the possession rules and shit, right? Like I love the SRD of Pathfinder. I fucking live for it. It's got all the rules. Like those rules are very obscure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and you found awesome rules, and it, like, you can't, can you talk a little bit about it, how maybe TPKing your party during a podcast might not be the best thing? Well, why don't you and I have a little convo about that real quick, Joe, because we are the two GMs of of two wonderful Pathfinder podcasts. God, just kiss already. 100%. We're going to later. later. Let's talk about it. I mean, we we are talking about two podcasts that have, one, we have played this adventure path. We have been TPK'd. Twice. 100%. Twice. Good guy. Well, I remember it's like anybody who's listening to your show fucking knows you've been TBK. Twice and both but I think it's I think it's great for Griff and Joe to talk about what happened at the bottom of Harrowstone and how that can how that can influence defluence um podcasts and how that can go on. So I think I think let's let's go from there. Yeah, certainly. I in my mind I would love, I would love and relish in being the first Pathfinder actual play podcast to rock a fucking TPK. Mm-hmm. And I've said this, I, I think I said it in the Lopper episode yep. because I was worried about it. It's a, it's a worrisome episode. I love these characters. And I know, I know, Joe, you, you love the characters that they've created. It's really hard to find the dichotomy between 
I, I want to be a legit GM. I, I want to make this difficult. I want to make this fun and hard and have consequences. It's hard to balance that with the fact that like, I've been playing with these characters for a long time. I have a audio record of this campaign right. playing with it. Like this, the emotions that come with that thinking about eliminating these characters is really difficult. But I think, I think you have to weigh that with the integrity of the rules. And I've bent the rules time to time. Things like the, the splatter man's bleed damage didn't exist in the book. And I added it in for tension, but I still think that if he had gotten that summon off, I would have killed three players that day. Yeah. I would have done it. I would have followed through because I don't want this to be, this is the 5e adventure of uh, Johnny and his friends that like made it all the way through and made it to book six. And they, they fucking blasted the big bad. They all put up, pulled out their cocks at the end, jerked each other off. Like that's not yep. our podcast. And well, that what was is- the t-shirt. Curse of Strahd is fucking yeah. weak. Johnny pulls his cocks out at the end. That's not the kind of thing I live for listening to. And I love listening to these kind of podcasts. Right. Plot armor is not fun to me. I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, and I would I would never I would never save these dudes for plot armor. I'd fucking murder the shit out of all of their characters. I would. I'd fucking destroy them in front of you and like have their bones melt away from their flesh and you guys cry and it'd be great. But you get an emotional moment from that. <laughs> right. But like at the same time, like I love them. I love their characters and I want them to live forever. Well, and we we're both in this situation where yeah. it's like, I love these people as my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't want to break my friends' hearts. Right. But I kind of do. But just a little bit. I kind of do. A little but bit. Just a little, little bit. bit. You have to give them as a as a dungeon master. Uh, for the idiot advice I can give, you have to be willing to make your players sweat. If you're not willing to make your players ever worry if their characters are going to live or die, there's no point to their characters. Like they'll just live forever. You know, you have to give them that threat all the time. And so like the splatter man, they, if we, and that's another thing. If we would have run that fight again, you know, we've all ran the Splatterman fight. Run that fight again, it goes differently every time. So a lot of it comes down to dice. So you just have to be willing to fucking live by the dice, fucking live by your characters living up to their fucking potential and like being fucking awesome and just uh just fucking playing the game, man, and just being dope. I don't know. Sorry. You captured it perfectly. Yeah. I think we I think Sorry. words to live by is that we should all be fucking dope. Yep. And 100%. as you guys say, all the characters pull their cocks out at the end. <laughs> Let's go to some listener questions. Even and jerk Mona. each other off. All right, everybody 100%. get in a better circle than we're in right Bring now. Bring on the no, light. Light the circle up. Okay. We're ready. All right. I just want to say that Mona's got a metaphorical cock that can like fucking trump all your fucking cocks. I mean, don't say Trump. Yes. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. I hope Steve and Griff, you don't regret li- recording with us because we love being here this, with you. This has been We're having a, a fucking dream. ball. <laughs> but 
Just like spooks <laughs> the dream Chamuco. Can you snort right into the microphone? The snort yeah. is staying in. We're hard. We're hard. Sabooks the dream Chamuco. I got to transform into my next step and go right into those listener questions. Let's do it. Let's this do it, This first one is coming from a user on our Discord called Necessary Evil. You've heard his name before. Yep. yep. He's saying, if the GM and players are gamers in their off time, what have they been playing recently and slash or what is one of their favorite games? All right, I am going to go first and we're going to make this a very quick lightning round because this is a very easy question. I just finished a playthrough of the video game Metro Exodus. I love that series, Metro 2033, um, Metro Last Light. I read the books and um, <laughs> stop laughing. I don't know why you're Sorry, laughing at me. Dude, you read the books for Metroid? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. You're, you're thinking of Metroid. I'm saying Metro. Oh, sorry. That's my mistake. It would be pretty funny if it was Metro, though. <laughs> yeah. Metroid. No, uh, Metro 2033. Um, so I read the books. They were really good. And this, Joey, get it together. <laughs> but uh, but this final installment, Metro Exodus, was incredible. Anybody who is playing a game and wants to uh, shoot some mutants in the face should play that game. Laura. I what don't up? play like the console video games. I play iPhone games. <laughs> so all right, I, what are you playing? My favorite is uh, Diggy's Adventure, and I I I destroy bricks. It's cool. Let's hear it for Diggy. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's a pretty Diggy. hard sell. It's like a really really like there's s- like puzzles and shit. Yeah, it's like a slowed down version of your um, mom's a slowed down my- version. You fucking soft. <laughs> Jesus Damn, Christ. son. That's, That's your, your wife. Mother in law. <laughs> That's your mother in law. Ella Roberts is a saint. I love Ella. <laughs> You're talking shit about your mother in law. No, I air. just mean James. I love you. <laughs> anyway, James, I, so games? lately I have been playing Borderlands 2 uh, in preparation for Borderlands 3 yeah. coming out soon, and I'm so fucking stoked about it. Um, but other than that, I've been, uh, we just bought a switch together and been been fucking loving the shit out of that console. Mario party. Mario party's great. But also I've been playing, uh, enter the gungeon. Enter the gungeon is amazing. Fucking sweet ass game. On the switch. Yeah. I was talking about the mushroom. Yep. That's my favorite. That's what I've been playing. (laughs) Goomba Goomba. That should be little Caesar's new slogan. Fucking Goomba Goomba. All day. Goomba Goomba. Hey, uh, I have actually been playing. Um, I ran a game for Joey and James the other night. That drunk as uh, hell, drunk as hell, <laughs> and let it live is based on the movie The Warriors from the oh 1980s. Dude, can you please invite me to Skype it on that game? It was yeah. amazing. It was all day. Let's all get day. that chat room open. I, it, dude, we'll we'll let we'll let it live and breathe in the Discord, and we'll figure out who wants to play, and I will run it for everybody. But the um we had a uh James I asked James what his uh, fucking weapons were and he said a scalpel and what was the other a one nine millimeter and a nine millimeter Hell and yeah. Joey said I said Joey what are your what are your two weapons you can pick anything you want and he said <gasps> what did I say laser hands drunk <laughs> and, and a pocket, a pocket nuke. <laughs> those are things and what did i say i said can i pick my weapons again and i said no sir you already picked your weapons so we'll leave it there but anybody wants to join it we'll figure it out on the discord we'll all figure it out together griff steve me james joe everybody who wants to listen to this we'll let it ride my friends 
I love it. Um, so the game, like other than Pathfinder second edition, which I really like, man, I think it's fucking cool. I think they figured a lot of shit out. Um, but the game I'm most excited about is this game that I own called maids that I can't find anyone to play with because you got a friend in me. me. You play as like a subservient maid in, in like, don't Japanese got a household. friend in me. Yeah. No, no. That's what I do. It, Two thirds of my weeknights. It's a very <laughs> intricate game, but it sounds like so much fucking fun. I already have the uniform. <laughs> in a role playing game. Fifty maids no, of gray. Absolutely, of gray. it's all of these things except together at the same time, and there are rules for it. It sounds like so much fun, but for whatever reason, nobody wants to play it with me. <laughs> Um, and I'm fine with that, dude. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I That's play your wish with list. fucking chicks. I don't know if I play with you. I fair <laughs> trade, man. I wouldn't want to play with a bunch of dudes either. But we'll see what happens. And to thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode of Zone of Truth, we want to say thank you from Willow Woe. Hit it's lots of our podcast. We appreciate all of you, each and every one of you who've listened to this. Peace, love. And roll the dice, our friends, because that's what it's all about. We'll see you later. Did you just sign up? What? Not our podcast. I think we're, I think, I think <laughs> we're, we're like not close up. to the end. Fuck you guys. I'm keeping I'm that in. It. I'm done. What the fuck? What is ready to rage? We'll throw that part off. We're ready to party. To all the fuck? He wants to be off my All day. So he doesn't have to behave all anymore. All day. I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm drinking. That's the first our rage podcast. quit we've had on the hideous laughter podcast. And it was like your fucking waffle rage quit. It was a great rage quit. <laughs> Very nice. I'll, I'll be you, I'll be brief with mine then, Woody. Uh, I've been playing, and I think I've said this a couple times, and maybe the Discord and stuff. I've been playing Serlim Three, much like Dragon Quest Monsters, on the original, like on the Game Boy Color. One of my favorite games ever. Uh, Thylacine Studios, it's an indie studio, it's like one guy created this game, and it's way fucking better than Dragon Quest Monsters. That's awesome. And uh, it has my heart. It's my favorite game that I've ever played, just because like that is exactly the game that I like. The grindy, the monster collecting, the RPG... I'm a huge nerd for that. It hits all your buttons. It hits all my buttons. It it presses me right on the G spot. The Griffin spot? The Griffin spot. The Griffin spot. Cyrilin 3, dude. Cyrilin 3. Yeah, it's the third one, and he got it right on the third. I mean, he got it right on the first for me, but the third's even better. Dope. Well. I guess we're not doing any more questions. Fuck that. No, keep it. going. All right. What do you that push that, out. Get that fucking mic back up. <laughs> Sorry, team. We'll use that in the edit. I thought we were done. That'll be at the I end. Thought, I, I, I thought we were done. Seriously. I'm ready. I'm so confused. Don't All right. be confused. This is how our lives go. All right. Um, your time on this. This is the way the world ends. I'll tell you what, let's just do one more. No, we'll do all three questions. Do your shit. I'm so man. confused. We edit right, that out. Just roll this, this, over us, man. We're not question, here. This next question comes from user GCP Aaron. Um, I'm not sure if that's GCP Aaron or GC Perrin. I think it's GCP is it, Aaron. I'm going to uh, guess. Is that Glass Cannon Podcast? I'm guessing. Nice. Uh, it's probably GC Perrin. Nice. Um, 
famous. But all right, so he says, top PC from another actual play podcast you would like to see guest star in Carrying Crown. Obviously, it's all of you guys, so I reformatted the question. Sorry. Um, basically, I'm saying, take your character from the Wheeler Woe podcast, drop him into the HLP or just Carrying Crown in general, and how do they end up in Lorimore's funeral? And what do they do in books one and two? I just got to preface Great this question. with, I really want to see Sabooks and uh, Matumbe interact. <laughs> yes. Uh, All day. Um, I think that Mona uh, was off adventuring and protecting innocence with Lorimore, and they bonded over innocent protecting. And Beautiful. Mona didn't slit anybody's throat that she hated. Absolutely not. She never does that. Anaset Ravid. So Anaset Ravid was off on a uh, life-saving mission where uh, it, this was after the events that have happened. Because he's still alive, I think. He's still alive, right? Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Good luck. This is after our story in Malak. He traveled uh, all the way over there to meet Laura Moore and be a buffer um, and give some like life-saving potions and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's what he did. He he helped out. <laughs> he's a Beautiful. good boy. So he's a good little boy. <laughs> I don't think the uh, the inhabitants of Ravengrow really enjoy leopard print assless chaps. <laughs> I I a hundred percent agree with you that they would not enjoy that. He'd be met with skepticism at best. Your yes. trust points would be down the drain. He's like he's like a person that shows up in the Northeast in the wintertime, like traveling from California to New York for the first time in the winter time and he's just got like flip-flops and shorts on and like shades and he's like what the fuck is this place like that's what Anisette was I'm doing I'm here to help yeah <laughs> Sabuk's a dream what's he doing there Sabi falls asleep <laughs> and the ghost of his grandfather Saul follows him and tells him And that's all he knows. That's all he needs to follow in a streak of it overalls to pursue how he must be avenged. And I think that's it. I think that's truly it. I think that the ghost of his grandfather, Saul, brings him forward to Ravengrow. I think that was the most magical moment of the Zone of Truth, that all five of us were able to stay quiet for five seconds <laughs> And let Woody say that in a quiet voice and whisper it. That, that, my friends, is podcast magic. I almost ruined it. Griff, you're fucking, that's spot on. <laughs> and I think on that note, we might need to wrap it up. We should. So, guys, obviously, the Wheeler Woe podcast, you know where to find them. But if you guys want to plug anything... Yeah, you guys go got a Patreon, right? Social media and stuff. I have a too. podcast. Uh, yep. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> We're at fucking uh, at Wheel or Woe podcast. W E A L O R W O E on Instagram. Yep. We are also at at W E A L two. The letter, well, the number two. The letter T. 
uh, 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 on uh, Twitter. Uh, come find us. Come hang out with us. And uh, we hope to see you all soon. Hey, peace, love, roll the dice, y'all. He loves doing that. He signed up. I think you want to on Joe. <laughs> um, no, not really. Like I, I, I'm just fucking. I don't, you know, I don't want to reiterate myself. I'm just super happy that I'm here with you two guys, man, and like that we're getting a chance to hang out and like this whole podcasting thing, which is a thing that anyone can fucking do. You might end up hanging out with someone that's from. Halfway across the fucking country, dude. Like, you guys are from Ohio. We're hanging out in Seattle. Like, what? Dusseldorf. That's fucking dope, man. Uh, it's it's cool as hell that, and, you know, a, a year ago, right. I, I didn't know, besides Griff, anybody's name in this room. Exactly. You guys, you guys would have been strangers to me right. if, if we bumped yeah. into the streets. And now we met in person for the first time today and i feel like you're all my brothers and sisters you think you guys it's are weird cool if I, I like climbed up on the bed next to you i wouldn't think that was weird Joe. No, i wouldn't think that's weird at all come on up here all right he's getting on the bed he he's on the it. bed oh god he did not make it on the bed <laughs> good try though he okay. tried so you're good every day. Beer on your hey thank you guys for having us we on. need yeah we, thank we you very very much absolutely need to shut it down because we are going to fucking party but thanks to the wheeler woe crew griffin what do you want to say to the people at home all I want to say is check these fucking dudes out because we love them. And if you love us, then you're going to love them. They listed all their stuff. Please, please, please listen. They're in our discord. They are in their discord. They're available to talk to. And they are some of the coolest people you're ever going to talk to. We are privileged to have them on our show and finish your drinks. Because we'll see you in two weeks. Later.